Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range EDC, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. Multiverse is defined as an infinite realm of being or potential being, of which the universe is regarded as a part or instance, or as we like to call it, the concept that every MCU geek has been drooling over for the past couple of years, while Marvel teases us with tidbit after tidbit, all the while quickly pulling it out of our reach. You know, the whole Lucy uh, football sort of thing. But now, Freaks and Geeks, our time has come. Surely Feige wouldn't betray us with a movie to which the hallowed word multiverse is using the actual title, right? Right? Ah, well, we've been disappointed for less. So we're gearing up for the return of everyone's favorite wizard this side of Hogwarts by diving into all the fan theories online about what'll happen in the multiverse of madness in this episode 101, Doctor Strange 2, The Real or Jabroni. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who once single-handedly lifted a car that was on fire off a trap child, only to be disappointed that the bag of sirloin tips he'd been carrying were now charred beyond recognition. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and over 100 podcasts, which makes his loyalty admirable while his taste is suspect i give you the man they call tim yes suspect (laughs) (laughs) oh sorry you said that you said that and i had i had to fall back to it so uh (laughs) the greetings and salutations my friend how are you uh doing good uh you'll hear from my lawyer here to four And when that day comes, sir, keep your nose to the grindstone. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I, I seriously, I need a show about about Chucky going on after after Goodwill Hunting and just impersonating. Like, actually, if Chucky actually went to law school, but he decided to keep that entire vibe, I need oh that movie. Gosh. Like, that's my Goodwill Hunting spinoff that I need in my life that I didn't know yes. I needed until right now. Oh, yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And, and I was mistaken. It was keep your ear until that day comes. Keep your ear to the grindstone, boys. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find that out? Did you just look that up now? <laughs> no, no. I, I, because we talked about it the last episode, and oh, okay. uh, I had watched that that clip a, a couple times because I just forgot how unbelievably funny it was, <laughs> especially oh, just the priceless. outfit he was wearing too, with the slicked hair and just like you know, oh, and the white gym socks with oh, the yeah. boat shoes. Oh um, yeah, oh my god, suspect. <laughs> I, every so often I see people wearing boat shoes now and I'm like, really? Didn't we get past that as a society? Didn't we all like decide like n- no on that now? Oh, man, that was good. I knew I knew a guy back in college who would wear those sand socks, which I mean, at mm-hmm. least that. OK, fine. Sand socks all year, yeah. like in the middle of winter, no boots, boat shoes with no socks. And at least I'm like, you know what? I can admire the commitment, if not the fashion tragedy that this is. But then again, I was also wearing Doc Martens with uh, jean shorts because, you know, Stone Cold says so. So, I mean, who am I really to lecture anybody on fashion faux pas is the question. (laughs) And the answer to that is I am nobody. 
All right, folks. Well, we got some business to take care of here. We got a whole lot of stuff to get into. But before that, we have to get to the Week in Geek, which is our little repository for all things geekish that not quite enough to make a whole show. It's just a it's just the man they call Tim's way of controlling a part of the show. And he keeps annexing more and more. But we'll hopefully keep this one under an hour and a half. However, before we get to that, we have a sponsor. A sponsor for the Week in Geek. Ah. This episode's Week in Geek is sponsored by all those fine people out there with headlights so bright that they burn a hole in your retina by way of your rear view mirror. Yes, hooray to those overachieving heroes of the road who feel it's their personal responsibility to light up the night for everyone else while simultaneously blinding both oncoming traffic and the poor souls who happen to be in front of them. Thank you so much for spending that extra couple of bucks to make sure that your jacked up compensation truck can be seen from space. Here's to you, bright headlights people may you get an especially painful boil on your right butt cheek feels so funky (laughs) good lord that was a rather graphic sponsor (laughs) well you know i i might have editorialized a bit i I admit i might have i might have added a little something something to there but you know i felt it was well within bounds okay so what do we got going on in the Week in Geek this week, sir? Well, sir, uh, it's been a minute. You know, we we, we did episode 100 and then we decided to, uh, you know, just kind of like sleep off, you know, the last month or so of BSG and and, and kind of get ourselves re- re-centered, yeah. reoriented to uh, other topics. And so we, we have a few things to go through here. I don't know if we re-centered at all, but we, we definitely, when we take a break, I mean, we break. Oh, That's we do. <laughs> we do. Totally uh, unannounced. And we're just like, nah. Yeah, why not? Uh, but first off, uh, you know it's been a, it's been a number of weeks since we last talked about Moon Knight, and uh, uh, just yes. thought we 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 drop in here, uh, you know, kind of on the eve of the season finale, mm-hmm. and just kind of get a couple hot takes from you, sir, uh, as well as my thoughts on uh, just the progression of the series. Uh, how is it measuring up as compared to you know the other uh, Marvel uh, series we've seen on the Plus? And, uh, yeah, just overall uh, thoughts. You know, I'll put it to you this way. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I'm enjoying Star Trek Picard. But then again, I think I would enjoy a colostomy better than I would enjoy a a colonectomy, I should say, a proctology visit, a a probing, if you will. Um, Anyways, uh, no, I I think it's fantastic. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, I think it's hard to compare it to other shows on the plus because uh like we've discussed before they they've managed to find a way to make every show its own thing with its Mm. own rules and its own vibe and therefore it's it's hard for me to really go one-to-one comparison with any of them but i i am in i am really digging oscar isaac's uh performance in this or performances i guess i should say uh the entire thing is just great it's been a lot of fun Ethan Hawke uh, in the la- in the 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 penultimate episode, mm-hmm. playing pretty much just the shrink, ha- yes. was awesome. I mean, it, like yes, Ned Flanders all the way. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I am so in on this. I'm a little I'm a little bit worried because apparently uh, Oscar managed to get himself a uh, weasel in here on just a one season contract. Like they usually try and lock people up for. Yeah. for multiple commitments and apparently he managed to to get himself just one season one and done so either he's mm. going to hold him up for a bunch of money or maybe we're only going to see this uh this version of moon Knight, and then the torch will be passed very quickly but either way it's been it's been one hell of a ride and and disorientating 
to say the least. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, and that last episode, the second to last episode was, oh, my gosh. So, fr- I mean, heavy emotionally. Oh, yeah. To, I mean, goodness gracious. Yes, indeed. What are your thoughts, sir? Uh, I'll be honest. This is the first series that I've kind of struggled with a little bit. Um, really? However, coming out of this last episode, I feel... Um, better in terms of what they're doing. So, you know, I'm kind of trying to reserve judgment until we, we get all the episodes in here, but um, it, it just, I, I mean, you, you said it best there, there was a, there, there's been a disorienting nature about it, you know, and, and, and I'm sure that that's on purpose and, and mm. without, uh, or, or, or with, you, you know, some kind of, of purpose to it where, um, you know, not knowing why there is Steven and Mark and not knowing, you know, kind of jumping into all of this kind of midstream and trying to make sense of what's going on and trying to understand his relationship to Kanchu and this idea of avatars. And, you know, just, just there's a lot of concepts to it that we just haven't seen before. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's just a point where you're just kind of like, man, I, I don't, where's this going? It just seems like, you know, it's kind of, just very weird and different and, and I'm not following it in some, in, you know, some cases, but, you know, episode five really kind of brought everything together. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of the, of the backstory and why there is Steven and Mark and what kind of led to like, it, it, it just, it really, it colored in all of those, those, those gaps that existed that, you know, now I look back and I'm like, okay, now I understand what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? Now I'm mm. kind of understand, like, I don't, I can't tell you how it's going to end, but I can at least appreciate what they were trying to tell. And from the perspectives that they were trying to tell it from, um, whereas, you know, in past, and I know that sounds strange, you know, like, like Loki felt a little uneven to me at first. And then you kind of locked into the rhythm, you know, WandaVision was just the first one. So you had no comparison really. Um, Captain, you know, uh, sorry, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was, um, you know, that, that buddy, buddy thing, but this was just so like, it, it, it just transcended, you, you know, the, the sort of paradigms that we're used to, you know? And so I, I just, uh, I had a little bit of a difficult time locking into some facets of the story and, and kind of caring about things. I think Ethan Hawke's been a phenomenal villain. Yeah. Um, just, just, just fantastic. And, um, and, and I think they've, they've lined everything up really nicely for, um, you know, for the last episode. Now, my sons have absolutely loved it. And my oldest son, what, what I really have enjoyed is um, much like his, his old man uh, back in the day when he had more time on his hands than he knew what to do with, you know, going into depth on the comic, understanding the backstory, c- kind of filling me in on all this, this information that I just don't have the time, uh, you know, to go find on my own. Um, and, and, and really, you know, he said this is like one of his favorite series. So it's, it's, it's interesting hmm. to kind of see that, you know, his perspective uh, and, and kind of hear why he likes it so much and how he's really kind of dug into to the lore of, of this character and, and liking it and everything. So, so overall, uh, you know, where we stand now, I, I think it's another solid series. It just took me a little bit to get there, um, more so than maybe the prior, uh, any of the prior series has required of me. Yeah, I've I've seen a couple of folks on Facebook posting about um, one in particular uh, friend of mine who, who loved this show from the jump and was basically like the first episode. He's like, this is the best episode of any Marvel show yet. 
And I'm like, wow, that's okay. And that was before I saw it. Like he man, I think he, I think he caught it like the morning of, and I'm like, okay, dude, I got to wait till evening until I can watch this. But, uh, but man, yeah. I mean that some of the stuff they've done, uh, in this show has been delightfully disorientating and in a way that is, you know, I think we use that term with Loki and, and even with WandaVision, but this has just taken it that whole other step, you know, oh, the yeah. entire, yeah. the entire, you know, dissociative identity disorder thing is just real. They're, they're using that. I think so beautifully to put the audience in a space where you, you feel like, you know, more than the characters, but at the same time, you're not really sure if you have it in the right order. You know, it's, it's like, well, I've got all the puzzle pieces. I'm just not exactly sure if I'm putting together the, uh, a picture on the front or a picture on the back. Right. right. You know? Yeah. So I think that's been, I think that's been great. And, uh, I've been trying to watch some of the, uh, the breakdowns of the episodes afterwards, which I believe I've been watching them on emergency. Awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. YouTube channel, okay, which have been really helpful because he gets into, kind of the backstory and, and some of the, the roots in the comic and, and kind of going through like how the comic has changed and where they're cherry picking yeah. uh, nuggets to use for the show, which has been kind of interesting. Cause uh, you know, I mean, well, you know me, I, I love all the behind the scenes stuff. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a great show, I think. And I'm, I mean, man, I'm, I'm going to say like, Unless they completely whiff on this last episode, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna probably be right now one of the best. It would probably be my my pick for the best Marvel show right now. Wow! All right, and I mean I've enjoyed all of them. Hmm. You know, it's sort of like saying, "Oh, it's my favorite Battlestar episode." Like, ah, eh, pretty good with any of these, uh, but it it really is has been interesting and, and in no small part to the cast the cast is, is really good. Um, well, and you, and, and you hit the nail on the head with Oscar Isaacs. I mean, he, he's been amazing. He has been just amazing with, with the character and playing both sides of it. And, uh, and especially this last episode with all the, the, the heaviness that came with it and stuff. So oh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's been, you know, the cast has been phenomenal. Um, you know, it's it, it's been funny, it's been weird, it's been kooky, and it it's been a, it's been a great ride. You know, especially now that we're kind of getting to to the closing, you know, sequence of it, and and I'm I'm really curious to see kind of where it goes. You know, especially like you mentioned, knowing that he's not going to be around for the if they do another season, he won't be around for it. So where you know where does this leave this hero? You know, and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting. And I I mean. The the little things are what's impressing me about about Oscar's performance, because I remember the end of episode four when the hippo god comes out. He's like, <laughs> hello. And you have two, you know, you have Mark and you have Steven there and they're both screaming. But the scream and the expression was very different for both yes. of them. And I'm like, man, yes. that is great. Like, it, it's such a silly thing. But this just proves why I am not a professional actor, because I would have been like, oh, just scream. And it's like, no, the screams have to be very specific, you know, to each of those characters. And I just, I, I don't know what it is. Every time I see that, I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. And I'm sure that, you know, people what who I know acting are like, yeah, no kidding. What I appreciated was the fact the Steven character went the Daniel Stern route from Home Alone when the spider is placed on his face and went, f- you know, full high-pitched octave on that one. Yeah. It was hysterical. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, just fantastic. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how this whole thing shapes up. But I'm and I'm excited. we will report back with our findings when said series or uh, season finale airs. Uh, That's right, because we got a real or jabroni riding on this, don't we? We or do not. We, no, we we did not. That's right, because neither of us knew enough about it, which is is for the best, honestly. Honestly, <laughs> yes. It, we, it, we would have been so cool. It would have been like let's it just get a dartboard. Would have been twenty questions of of Tim. You know, come the man they call Tim coming up with with just just ridiculous <laughs> stuff or. Or, uh, or, or we had to like only have about five questions to go off of because neither of us are versed in this character in any way, shape, or form. So yeah, and it would have been like a nip of fireball instead of a <laughs> instead of a, a bottle of, of bourbon on the line. <laughs> the stakes would have been roll low. That's all. By I'm fireball, saying. he means the candy. No, <laughs> no, I would have, I would have, I would have sprung for a, a nip of a uh, nip of fireball. I don't even. I can't even call it. How much it whiskey. is a nip? Is that like an eyedropper full? Is that a? No, no. It's the little. It's the little nipper. It's like a. I think a, I've I've seen them advertised for like ninety nine cents. Sending me a flask or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I, got, I, I do have to admit I have a I have a little traveler of of fireball in my in my bourbon cabinet just for like emergencies when I don't know. Because Uncle Todd is always prepared. I, I guess so. Well, moving well, on from Moon Knight to uh, another Marvel property, uh, and this was, uh, I think this goes back one, two weeks ago, maybe now, uh, was the yeah. trailer, uh, teaser trailer or trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, now we're on to like, there's four different trailers. This is the world we live in now, where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you get the first trailer, and then within two, three weeks, you have like... I don't know what the real 18 one is. trailers because there's like an IMAX trailer and there's this trailer and oh, oh. this trailer here. Oh, my, I, I'm so confused. I I'm just s- love how they incorporated uh, Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine music in there. Yeah, uh, that was phenomenal. And, and, and you know, I, I, I like the tone they're setting with it where it's kind of like a, a very introspective kind of Thor uh, where, where, you know, you, we, we hear the lines about how his his fighting days are behind him and and he's you know looking for he's trying to you know close the loop so to speak on his on his conversation with his mother from from Endgame where where he he you know feels lost doesn't know who he is and kind of wants to find himself and and be at peace and stuff and i kind of like that i like that it's going to be this this sort of maybe personal journey for him um you know with with the the usual shenanigans that come with uh, the guardians of the galaxy and so forth so uh so i'm 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 curious to uh to see where this goes looks interesting looks exciting uh it was a great first look of uh natalie portman as lady thor um, oh no 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 no! Don't call her Lady Thor. Oh, Ty- sorry. Taika was very emphatic about that. It, she is Thor. She is not Thor. Lady Thor. She right. is Thor. All right. We have Lady Sif. I just figure. Well, I you got to put some respect on that name. You know, I mean, right. Nat's sporting the guns right now. I mean, she's been mm-hmm. putting the time in in the gym. Yes. So you know, and well, and and you know, Thor has too. We we saw him working the chains there and. <laughs> I love doing the battle rope stuff with with the chains. Yeah, that was great, and the big and then, skeleton of whatever the crap that thing is, and then wearing basically the Forrest Gump outfit, you know, as he's doing yes. it. Yeah, that was great. Oh, the whole thing, the whole thing is just great. I mean, and I love how, I love how you know a lot of the a lot of the trailers that that Marvel has put out, they're like the anti DC trailers. You know, it's 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 giving you more of a vibe of and a tone of what the the movie is going to feel like. 
And that's whetting your appetite with just enough like, oh, hey, and maybe it looks like this is going to happen. Whoa, oh, oh, teasing that, teasing that is like rather than like, here's the entire story. So you mm-hmm. probably aren't going to want to watch the movie. Oh, great. Thanks. Appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I love how they've they've done that. And I love how they've 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 done what they've done with Thor as a character, like mm-hmm. the, like starting with, you know, uh, with Ragnarok. Well, actually starting a little bit before that, because we started getting kind of like goofy bro Thor a little bit earlier than that. But really yeah. hitting Ragnarok. That was when it was like, oh, boy, <laughs> this is this is not your papa's Thor. This is not this is not. Um, right. Who is the guy who directed the first Thor movie? Oh, uh, Kenneth, Bra- Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, like a you know a proper director and actor, you know. And now we're like we're way off the map from where we started. Like you know the whole Shakespeare. Does mother know that you are wearing her drapes? <laughs> <laughs> we're way past that now, you know. Yeah. And I'm I'm digging it. I'm I'm so excited for this flick. I really am. And I and I'm I'm not even entirely sure what's going on in the flick. I just know like okay, I'm in. This looks like it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. It's going to be quality. Yes, it's going to be quality flick. Quality flick. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Now, this one I threw in because I, I need to get uh, an official ruling from Uncle Todd on this one. He He's a bit yeah. more versed in the Fantastic Four realm. But I saw this uh, over the weekend, and and I, I just shook my head. And, and I have to ask a question after I read basically what the byline here is. So mm-hmm. apparently director John Watts, who uh, was uh, director of, I think several of the Spider-Man, fl- uh, if not all of the Spider-Man, films. all three, yes, all three. Okay. Uh, he has bowed out or exits uh, directing uh, Marvel's uh, projected version of the, of the fantastic four. Yes. My question to you, sir, what is it about uh-huh. the fantastic four? Because, there has yet to be a version of this movie done by someone where there isn't some drama or issue or something going on with the film, with the directorship, with the act, with the actors. It just seems like this franchise is, is cursed in some way. <laughs> and, 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 and I want to get your read on it because you seem to, you know, like, like, like you followed it a bit more closely than I have. Uh, I'm sure there's something to this. Maybe he did want to. It says he just wanted to kind of step away from superhero films after doing the Spider-Man trilogy. Understood. Mm-hmm. However, uh, for crying out loud, it's like, what is it about that franchise? You don't see people dropping from Thor or from Spider or not Spider-Man, but from um, what's another one? Uh, not Black Widow. Why can't I think of? Another well, because I mean, really, the only Guardians? other. Well, the only well, and James Gunn did get fired for a while there. Remember, um, well, so firing we, is different from stepping away, though. You know, well, true, and I I would argue that stepping away, especially you know amicably enough, that Feige's like, hey, we're we're looking forward to him being involved somehow, which yeah. sounds like there was at least enough enough of his thoughts in the beginning process that like, hey, you know what let's let's keep you around as a producer so we can just kind of mine some of those ideas and then you don't have to be involved in like the day-to-day actual thing you can be big picture come to a couple meetings and then you can just walk and then be involved as you want um, but i mean at least it sounds like it's amicable enough that you know that rather than like oh well we're gonna fire you i mean i would probably rather walk than get fired i'm just saying yeah I um but, uh, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily the Fantastic Four. I mean, although it, you can say that it looks, you know, for Marvel's first family, they, they are kind of a cursed ship. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think that's probably 
partly just because I mean, first and foremost, you have way back in the day, uh, you know, the the ill-fated Fantastic Four movie that was made by um, Roger Corman that was never meant to ever be seen by anyone just so they could maintain rights, you know, to the Fantastic Four, which was like, I think I want to say late 80s, early 90s or something like that, um, because apparently the deal that that Marvel had when they sold them to I think it was Universal Universal, it wasn't so, or no, it was, um, it was 20th Century Fox because they got the rights back when they, when they purchased Fox. Um, so when they, when they were trying to keep those rights, if you don't, if you don't make a movie within a certain amount of time, the rights would revert automatically back to Marvel. And then essentially you're out that money, you know, you paid to get them and you had them for a a certain number of years, but if you don't use them, then you lose them. Um, and so they did that. And then they made the two, um, the, the two, um, movies that had Chris Evans and Jessica Alba and, uh, what the heck's the guy he was in the shield, Michael Chiklis, Michael Chiklis. And I cannot remember the guy who played Mr. Fantastic. Um, I mean, not horrible, not exactly, you know, tremendous either, but whatever. Um, and you know what? (sighs) Those flicks were not horrible. You know, they weren't horrible. They were pre Mar they were pre MCU. They were pre, um, kind of X-Men two, I guess you could say, um, action movies and comic book movies, which is kind of how comic book movies were at that time for the time period they were in, they were fine. And then I think they just kind of didn't have any ideas. And then once they you started seeing some of these other films come out, they just really weren't sure what to do with them. Yeah. And I think the second one didn't do as much business as the first one. And then, of course, you just get into studio politics and all that crap. I don't even want to talk about Fan Four Stick. That was such an abomination <laughs> and like mismanaged. And, and it was a result of so many bad decisions that were... <sighs> Like it was like all the bad habits that Hollywood has about rebooting, reimagining and and trying to squeeze a little more juice out of a franchise all rolled into one development process. And it was like it was wretched, just wretched. Um, This, I think, is probably actually a very good decision and a good thing to happen for Marvel for. Um, for John Watts to walk away at this point mm-hmm. rather than getting into production and the dude being miserable. Right. Um, and I think it might also come down to whatever Marvel commitment, you know, Mar- a commitment that Marvel wanted, because you have to remember John Watts wasn't working for Marvel. He was working for Sony mm. and it was Sony working with Marvel, but it wasn't Marvel that was paying him or, or holding whatever contract or anything like that. And to come over and work for Marvel they might have said, like, listen, we want to sign if you're going to do this movie, we want to sign you up for three pictures. And maybe that was it. I don't know. I'm, I'm just guessing here because I've only, I think I've only read the article that you've read. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, that would be one of my guesses. Maybe they wanted him to sign up for. It. I mean, really, if I'm remembering right, Watts has only done he only did like one small indie movie or smaller movie before he did the three Spider-Man movies. I mean, that's, that's enough to muck with your mind and make you want to go like, okay, I need a break. Like I, I started out as, you know, I want to make films and I made kind of a a smaller film. And then all of a sudden I'm making movies that are like 
hundreds and hundreds of million dollars in budget and a lot at stake because this is a a tentpole character for not only one studio but two studios there is tremendous pressure and i mean then you go to like the 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 you know no way home which is just like Mm. so much involved in that i mean dude who wouldn't want to break after that because they want the fantastic four movies starting soon i after coming off of that movie, dealing with three Spider-Man, like six bad guys and all the other stuff that went along with that, psh, doesn't surprise yeah. me. Dude would be like, you know, too much. Sorry. <laughs> Give yeah. me a call for the next Spidey movie and maybe I'll be ready to come back then, you know? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's my long-winded uh, way of saying I don't know, but all right. I don't think it's the worst thing ever. Well, uh, the man they call Tim uh, will declare this uh, when it comes to the Fantastic Four. You suspect. That's all. Um, They have been, yes. But now, I mean, now they're under the Marvel umbrella. Um, Will this be Marvel's Everest or will it not? Well, and by that, I mean, you know, is is this the franchise where Marvel can't work its magic or will Marvel once again, you know, take something that on the surface looks like it could turn into a huge you know, turd of a film. And actually it turns out to be, you know, something where, where they actually, you know, put forth the standard kind of Marvel treatment where it ends up being really, really good. I think that the hard part here is going to be that because it's fantastic Four, because people have been waiting for it so long, just like mutants, like mm-hmm. there is, and, and especially X-Men in the Marvel universe, it's going to be really tough to live up to expectations um, as we saw with Eternals, uh, Eternals to me is a perfectly fine MCU movie. It was not as like life altering as they were trying to bill it. And it certainly didn't live up to any kind of hype resembling an Avengers level movie, which is fine because it really wasn't kind of supposed to be. Right. Right. The problem is an X-Men movie or a Fantastic Four movie because of the prominence of those two uh, groups and the sheer number of characters that you can pull in there really makes that difficult to not have to live up to some of those heights, which is tough because after all, after all, it's not, you know, you, you can't have the first Fantastic Four movie be like an Avengers level movie. Like you have to give them some room to breathe, I would think. Same right. with X-Men. So you need to find a story that you can tell and a way that you can tell it and a way to differentiate that and for them to fit in, but also to to kind of have room for them to to grow and to strut a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, that's a tough that's a tough gig. But the thing is, right now, I mean, look at the people who are just like kind of standing in line to be part of these movies. Yeah, there ain't no shortage. Like, I mean, John Watts did a freaking excellent job with with spider-man oh yeah i mean 100 percent was wonderful but i'm pretty sure they can find somebody else like they found other directors to work to work some some magic in these you know and we watch it in moon Knight. like do you know any of the people involved in moon Knight? i don't Mm -mm. you know did you know the director from uh, of shang chi before you saw it i didn't Mm -mm. you know so it's like all right (laughs) i'm sure they'll find somebody they have so far we shall see. Yes, we, we shall. See. All right. Well, thank you, sir, for the oh, well, weekend. Uh, what, hold, what? Hold on one second. What? Hold on one second. You what? you what? you asked me for this. You you said, "Man, they called him." I I have been what begging I for, for this 
For what? I have my, been asking. Oh, oh for my, bur- my bourbon from the last real or jabroni. Yes, I would much, very much like to have well, that. Well, you've asked for that as well. But, but before you... we actually, you know, before you owe me two bottles in, a, in a, you know, another week or two. <laughs> oh, here we go. It would be nice to get bottle one. But I mean, oh. I suppose if you want to save on shipping, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess I have been begging for that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, un- Uncle Todd, uh, regardless of what he may say live on the air as we're recording, uh, is is a huge fan and proponent about? of uh, a, a segment, a sub segment of the Weekend Geek. Uh, we affectionately call Star Wars Red Five. Oh dear, sweet God in heaven! No. Oh yeah, it's back, baby. It no, is back. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> let's let's talk this out, shall we? <laughs> Do we are, really? Are need you ready, to sir? Here? <sighs> When like we I just last in the proctologist's office, <laughs> when we last left this this contest of titans uh, of knowledge, uh, the man they called Tim was up thirty four to Uncle Todd's twenty eight. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry about this. <laughs> Here we go. He he's been asking for this, folks. He's been I'm begging. So for sorry, it. Tim. Tim needs a little ego boost. So here we go. All right, let's let's get through this thing. What do All we right, got? This is, this is going to be uh, centered on. Episode four trivia. Are you okay. ready? Oh, sure. No, as, as ready as I'm ever going to be, which All is right, now. Here we go. Question number one. Where on Tatooine did the droids escape pod land? A, the Eastern Dune Sea. B, the Western Dune Sea. C, the Great Mesa. Or D, Beggar's Canyon. How about right up the crack of your ass? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. The, the mysterious uh, option E. That was that was eluding my eyes. But please, uh, once again, where on Tatooine did the droids escape pod land? So what was the third option? Uh, third option was called Great Mesa. First two were the Dune Sea, first the Eastern, then the Western. And then the last option was Beggar's Canyon. Well, I know it's not Beggar's Canyon, so let's go east side because, you know, I'm, I'm much more of a biggie fan than Tupac, so I'll go east side. So you're going to go Eastern Dune? Yeah. All right. What do you got? Uh, I'm gonna go Western Dune. Uh huh. And and don't tell me it's Western Dune Sea. It is. Wow. Imagine that. Uh, score another one for the guy who has the book right in front of him, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's no. a miracle, no. I tell you. It's a miracle. This is a a demonstration of of deep Star Wars knowledge. That's all. I'll say. This is this is Chicago politicking chicanery, is what it is. What is number two? Number two, sir, what was the Death Star's diameter? 200 kilometers, 140 kilometers, 120 kilometers, or 160 kilometers? There's a yo mama joke in here somewhere, but I I refuse to make it. I refuse to make it. I will not drag us down to those levels. I'm going to go with C, because you could read them again, and I don't care. So just I'll go with C, whatever C was. Uncle Todd's going with C. So that is 120 kilometers. And I went have? with A, 200 kilometers. Don't tell me it's A. It's not. Oh, you threw answer one this is, early. The answer is D, 160 kilometers. Well. So I went with the largest size because it was such a massive, you know, I don't know if we call it a ship. 
space station. It was definitely not a moon. But it was 160, sir. All right. Okay, next. All right, number three. What was wrong with R5-D4? What was wrong with R5-D4? A, it had a bad motivator. B, it had a bad servo servo motor. C, it had a bad communicator. Or D, it had a bad power coupling. A. A, it had a bad motivator. That was also my answer, and that was correct, sir. Very well done. Well done. Little toss out to the uh, the Bad Motivators podcast. There we go, sir. There we go, sir. Uh, question number four: Which weapon short circuited the droid's electrical systems? A. The bowcaster. B. Ionization blaster. C. Lightsaber. Or D. Blaster rifle. Which weapon short circuited the droid's electrical systems? Which droids are we talking about here? Uh, these, I believe, are R2 and C-3PO. If you recall, they they were hit with uh, something that kind of shorted them out. I'll go with the ion thing, because honestly, I I don't know. Well, sir, in the Star Wars, and that is also my answer, in the Star Wars universe, sir, if you have the word ion anywhere, it is dealing with electrical disruption, so you are correct. Ionization blaster it is. Well done. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, of course, you got that one right, too. So uh, we're maintaining steady state here. For the reasons that I stated. Now, last question. Last Uh question of the return of the Star Wars Red 5. Thank God for that. Okay. What ship was the Millennium Falcon a modified version of? A, YT-2300, B, YT-1400, C, YT-1300, or D, YT-2400? Which ship was the Millennium Falcon a modified version of? I will even give you my answer before you answer. Go right ahead. I put YT-14. I'll go with that one, too. Are you sure? Because I I don't know. Yeah, sure. At least then we're wrong or right together. I I get to maintain a steady state no matter what. All right. Uh, The correct answer is actually C, YT-1300. So I was 100 off. I took you with me. Ah, so at the end of all of this, uh, Man They Call Tim came out with three correct answers. Uh, Not my best showing to date. And uh, Uncle Todd came out with uh, one correct answer. What? You... You chose Eastern Dune Sea on question oh, one. That's right. Okay, let's okay, wrap it up. Question two is wrong. Yeah. Uh, yep, oh okay. no, no, sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. I forgot to put your name down for you got number three and number four correct. Number three and number Oh, four. would you look at that? I corrected it. I made a mistake. I owned up to it. Come on now. Oh my gosh, isn't it bad enough that you have the, the answers right in front of you? You gotta try oh. and cheat me out of out of right answers that I got. All right, so right now our overall score is Man They Call Tim 37, Uncle Todd 30. And to the resounding silence of those who don't care. And that, my friends, is The Weekend Geek. Thank God. I mean, thank you for once again combing the interwebs and finding the tidbits and all that. That that I thank you for. The Red 5 can go rot in uh, whatever hell that rusty droids go to. Anyways, we uh, so now on to the, the heart of the matter, as Don Henley would surely say. Uh, the I main event. Ro- 
I didn't grow up my ponytail for the occasion, uh, unlike Don did back in the 80s. But still, we are going to talk about Doctor Strange 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's uh, in the Multiverse of Madness. And uh, we're going to go through all of the little uh, fan theories that are going on the interwebs right now as to what in the high holy heck is going to go on in this flick. And we are going to give you what we think will happen and what we think is not going to happen. So uh, going through these questions, we will designate either as the real which is uh yeah totally going to happen you can bet on it or the jabroni which means definitely not going to happen uh no way in hell and if you've Indeed. listened to any of these shows before you I, I i i shouldn't have to tell you this but for god's sake don't place any money on any of the things that we're going to say right now because <laughs> of no because it's right there in the title of the uh, of the uh, podcast but we're complete idiots so don't trust what we're saying and put any money on it if you do that's your own fault um did i miss anything sir no you did not and uh, we are going to have a junior division for this as well again aren't we we are gonna involve the youngins uh so we will send this out to them uh get their returns and factor in their answers into the overall uh scores Nice. Now, have you made your uh, have you made your doctors two, uh, doctor two, <laughs> doctor who? Yeah, it's doctor doctor two is actually doctor who's uh, younger brother. Um, I have you that made was your doctor where and doctor how? But never mind. Could be, could be. Um, as in that related to Dewey Cheatham and how? Um, our our law firm, as a matter of fact. Uh, have you made your plans to see Doctor Strange two yet? Uh, they're still in the works, possibly this Saturday. Possibly. Ah, Saturday. good. I uh, I procured. I love how it's. They they say, oh, it opens on Friday, but I've got tickets to a four o'clock showing on Thursday because that's just the way things work now. Well, wait, wait, wait. You, so you're not going at midnight on Thursday? No, no. The I mean, they've oh. got. They have literally the the cinema up the street from uh from where I live had showing starting at like. I want to say the first showing might have been noon. Wow! If it wasn't noon, it was two because I had I had I had two o'clock, I had three o'clock, and then I had four o'clock as options. Nice. And I almost took the three, but then I remember the last time I think it was Eternals. What was the movie that I? Uh, what was the last? It must have been the Eternals. Um, the last Marvel movie that came out. <laughs> I had to take my I had to get my daughter to co- get out of school like 10 minutes early so we could make it to the theater on time. Yeah. And I've kind of felt horrible about it. My wife gave me a hard time for it. I'm like, it's 10 minutes of like the last class of the day. Nobody's paying attention anyways. But I still kind of felt bad. <laughs> so I got the four o'clock ticket so we can at least get home and kind of chill out for a little while. Father of the year award. <laughs> well, I mean, an argument could be made either way is all I'm Indeed. saying. Um but yeah, so we'll, I'm, we're going to see this on Thursday, so I'll be well prepared to nice. uh, to sort through these. However, I think uh, if we've if we have got our scheduling correct, we are actually going to uh, put that off for a week, and next week we are going to uh, share our thoughts on a certain Star Trek uh, episode uh, series that is concluding this AKA week. AKA Uncle Todd's venting session. <laughs> oh, I've got. I've got some things to say about Jean-Luc. We've been off for a couple weeks. He's got some things to say. So let's, ladies and gentlemen, the, this pressure cooker needs to be relieved. Let me just oh, say. Oh, man. Yeah. Good it's Lord Almighty. Yeah. So let's the less said about that, the better. Uh, so let's get on to 
the theories. What have you got here, sir? These are all collected by uh, the man they call Tim as well. So uh, kudos to him for really doing the lion's share of work on ah, this episode. My pleasure. So do you want to do you want to lead us through here, sir? Uh, yeah. So before we dive in, just uh, throw out there real quick. The sources of said rumors, uh, as I scour mm-hmm. the interwebs, uh, come from the following. Uh, and we will uh, give credit as we go down the list here for those that, that are very specific to them, but collider.com inverse.com and screenrant.com um, all purveyors of uh, theories that have been kind of collected from fans. So I, I want to give credit where credit is due for some of these. Um, so as we go through uh, our, the, the first 10 of these first 10 uh, are called, I call it in or out because it is uh, really all about who are we going to see and who are we not going to see? Yeah, uh, this is always a, a staple of, of the real and the jabroni, because, of course, you know, half the fun of these movies is, is being surprised or understanding uh, or, or just talking through who, who we think could appear based on the, uh, you know, prevailing theories of, of the storyline. So mm. with that being said, uh, our first one, uh, which I'm sure Uncle Todd will appreciate. Uh, that's gonna be Kang. The Conqueror will be in the film, real or jabroni, sir. Uh, this one's tough because I mean, this could lead to a lot of litigation in the in the results. <laughs> um, no, I'm being serious because if you, we will it, debate, we will litigate, and we will. Uh, will it be Kang the Conqueror, like specifically mentioned as Kang the Conqueror, or will it be like the you know remains? his his Egyptian counterpart from mm. you know? bygone eras will it be you know the, the he who remains who knows um i actually kind of feel like the well so the, the funny thing is like so there's the illuminati right uh-huh. and and we know that they're going to be there and then there's also a couple of other like there is a council of kangs in the comics um, which I dare you to try and say that three times fast. Can- Council of Kangs in the comics, oh, um, where it's all of those Kangs from throughout before He Who Remains apparently like took them all out or something. And then there's also the Council of Reed Richards or it's or Council of Reeds or something from all the different multiverses and all that stuff. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like the Illuminati is going to be really the the big surprises in this. I, I, the thing is, I don't want to start predicting that everyone's going to be in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because we're mm-hmm. always, it, it, they're very judicious about the little things that they throw in. Um, that all being said, it kind of feels like he's got to be in here somewhere, doesn't it? I, I'm going to go the real. I, I, I'll live to regret it, but I'm going to go with the real. All right. I, on the other hand, am going to go the jabroni. Yeah, and you're probably right. Uh, I my, my my reasoning part of my reasoning is now it could be a surprise appearance certainly, but there seems to be a lot being made of Kang being a big part of Ant Man three. So, oh yeah, he's like the main baddie, isn't he? Right, and I think you know as you stated, I think one of the big payoffs in this that we've already kind of heard, at least heard audio wise in the trailer is the voice of Patrick Stewart as. Uh, Charles Xavier, mm. one of the Illuminati. So, um, I'm going to go against my 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 instincts. Want to say yes? Do, do I, as a fan, want to see Kang? Absolutely. I w- when we talk multiverse, you know, Jonathan Majors' phenomenal performance in Loki 
want to see him again because I think his character's great. Would love to see the more vicious, you know, side of that character uh, or, or that variant in Kang. But I don't know. It feels like they're kind of maybe holding back on that until we get to Ant-Man 3. So I'm going to go jabroni on this one. You know, and, and again, you're probably, you know, I, I apologize if people just heard me blow my nose. I've been fighting off this thing for like a week <laughs> and a half now. And quite honestly, I'm not going to get a chance to go through and edit all those out. So I, apologies in advance for any throat clearing and uh, and nose blowing. Basal ejections uh, you might hear. Yeah. It, oh, gosh, it's finally getting to the end, but it's still just like that that kind of like tapering down of like your body finally going like, get the heck out of here. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's the, this is like the one out of the ones you have here that are sort of like really kind of weird where you're like, ah, that I feel like this one could be incorporated in an interesting way to further things. You know what I mean? Indeed. Especially where you have like that at the end of Loki, the Loki series, you have that statue of Kang. Like it kind of feels like that might be something that could be, kind of worked in i agree i'm probably wrong but i'm still going jabroni (laughs) and and like i said you are probably right all right number two and this is a uh this i I don't want to say it's a popular theory but it does seem to pop up a lot when i'm uh kind of scouring and looking at stuff is um Mm. there there is a a thought that uh, in in the comics it is the case that tony stark is one of the illuminati however because we're dealing with the multiverse and because we may be dealing with variants one of the prevailing theories is it isn't going to be Robert Downey Jr. It's going to be Tom Cruise as Tony yeah. Stark. Which, I mean, on one hand, dude, I could totally see it. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, th- I think he could he could definitely pull off that smarm and kind of the swagger. Totally get it. It's one of those things now that's been out there for so long, though. I feel like it's almost gotten to that too cute level that fans get into that. Like it's, it's almost taking on a uh, Mephisto sort of uh, there's a whiff of Mephisto about this. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uncle Todd smells a little Mephisto in the air. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I'm, and usually when that happens, it's like the smart money is going the other direction. So as soon as he smells that, he immediately says, yes, suspect. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go jabroni. All right. All right. Understandably so. All right. And you, uh, sir. I am going to go. I don't know why the J is still bolded, but we'll fix it later. Uh, I am going to go. Uh, I'm actually going to go the real on this one. Wow. You think Maverick's going to show up in this I one? I think right. Maverick is going to show up, uh, you know, full, the full pattern danger is zone full, theme. Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. That is true. That is true. Uh, I, I do. I, I think there's going to be the incorporation of Tony Stark, but not the Tony Stark that we know and love. It's going to be a totally new version and it's going to be very unsettling. So <laughs> could be. I mean, well, who else? I mean, if you had to fantasy book it, if, if Tom Cruise wasn't an option and Robert Downey Jr. wasn't an option. Ah, uh, with who would you, who would you pick? No one leaps to mind. The rock, you know. <laughs> no, there's no way that he it's would. Like a mutant Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, like oh my gosh, the total opposite direction. Uh, it's a good question. Um, gosh, yeah, who could be? I'm trying to think. Like, who as an actor has that swagger? Uh, God, God. actually, you know who would be good. Idris Elba. Oh, 
Yes, sir. You want, I mean, that dude just, I mean, every, I see Idris Elba and I'm like, I just wish I could be that cool. Like, just seeing a photo of him, like, I will never look that cool in a photo. And it could be like a, it could be like him, like eating a burrito and a really odd angle. Yeah. And I'd still be like, I'm never going to look that good in a photo. Yeah. You know, with yeah. like Pico de Gallo all over his face <laughs> and a bit of, a bit of guacamole in his mustache. And I'm still like, yeah. And he still looks fan freaking tastic. Look oh, at the man. Look at him. That's hysterical. But yeah, Idris Elba could do it. He could. He could. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next one. Now, this one's kind of funny because I included all permutations. All right. I said for number three, Sylvie. And for those who forget, Sylvie was uh, the female variant of Loki. Mm -hmm. Sylvie or Loki or both will be in the film. The, the big question is, are we going to get alligator Loki? That's the that is the question that I know we that's what Uncle Todd's holding out to. for. Yeah, I, I want I want Croc Loki. That's what I want. <laughs> I want Loki Gator. That's what I want in my, my life. Uncle Todd smells what the Croc is cooking. Um, <sighs> I know I said that Kang would be in there. Man, it would be cool, wouldn't it? Um, this one feels more real to me because they introduced it, and and there's a there's a theory I threw later on, which is more for me than any of the sites I quoted. But I think it'd be interesting if they somehow wove in the events like that we haven't seen yet from the finale of Loki. So after she kills he who remains, yeah, that we see the events that happen after that for her. You know what I mean? Like that lead to her maybe jumping into one of the multiverses and somehow running into strange or whatever. Um, so I don't know. My, my, my feeling is like, I, I, I'm a little more bought into seeing Sylvie and Loki than I am into Kang, I guess. You know, I'm going to go with the real. All right. And I am as well. Never would have guessed that. <laughs> I only talked you into it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really need to be talked into that. You know, I mean, uh, it's been a hot minute since we've been, since we've had Loki. It kind of feels it would feel weird to think that they're going to throw Moon Knight into this. But like Loki's been back there kind of simmering for a yeah. while. And we've already gotten like, you know, we all thought, oh, the multiverse, you know, Loki is going to be part of the multiverse, you know, or it's going to kind of kick off the multiverse. And then, oh, no, no, it's a, maybe the Eternals. And, oh, well, maybe it's far from home. And, I mean, kind of a yeah to to each in their own way, but a big no when it came to all of them. I don't know. Maybe this is a time that we kind of circle back and, and you, you grab Loki and like, hey, guess what? Right. Watch instead. We'll get like Angelina Jolie or something. Probably. Probably. Uh, number four, uh, Gore the God Butcher. So this this is from one of the sites I quoted, Collider, Inverse, or Screen Rant. Um, mm. Apparently, he uh, Gore the God Butcher is one of the villains uh, from, I think, Doctor Strange or from the multiverse. But I believe there's been rumors that Christian Bale would be playing this character at some point. Ooh. So I incorporated this in to say, would this character be one of the villains or or a villain in in the series in the movie so uh what say you sir well it's interesting because in the moon knight breakdowns from emergency awesome uh gore the god butcher has been mentioned several times uh with the idea of like 
the crossover with uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Gotcha. But I haven't really heard it men- heard him mentioned with Doctor Strange that I remember. Mm. Could totally be wrong. I'm going to go Jabroni on this one. I am as well. All right, number five. This is the Uncle Todd special, right? Well, actually, no. I think number eight is the Uncle Todd special, but this is a special number one. Uh, Wolverine will be in the film. Oh man, I mean, it would be kind of cool, but I think I don't. I think it's early, and you're. I don't know how you would work it. I mean, how are you going to introduce? Is this where you're really going to introduce the new, the new Wolverine? Really, you're going to sneak him into Doctor Strange? Maybe. <sighs> Especially when you see what one of the storylines might be later on. Yeah, true. I'm going to go Jabroni. It feels a little too cute. Once again, I'll probably be wrong. I'm going to go the real. Wow. I'm going to take a take a flyer on this one. Schnick, schnick for the man they call Tim. All right, number six, uh, Dormammu, the uh, villainous demon from the first Doctor Strange movie where Doctor Strange perpetually had himself killed over and over again, locking him into a forever loop uh, in order to negotiate a peace and a protection for the Earth. Uh, This character will return in the film. Uh, The idea being that uh, Doctor Strange... uh, no, not that he no longer can protect Earth, but because of the multiverse now, Dormammu kind of looks at that as an opportunity to make a move. So the idea being that he would uh, come back. I think the big question is, is he here to bargain? Uh, that would be the big question. Maybe. Uh, I'm going to go jabroni on this. No, I think we're I think we're, uh, you know, as as. Uh, as Bill Belichick would say, you know, we're on we're on to madness in the multiverse. Uh, I think that we're done with with Dormammu for a while. All right, I I will also agree and say Jabroni as well. I I think he he was the villain for the first film. I do not think we need to bring him back. So, uh, number seven, uh, the inverse to number two, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> will not appear as Tony Stark in the film. Uh... Gosh, don't you kind of want him to? I mean, I mean, really? And and I'll read it again. He will not appear. So you make sure you adjust your answer accordingly, sir. I know. I know. I know. Um, I'm going to go real. It's going to be it's going to be somebody, but it's not going to I don't think it's going to, you know, and again, I'm totally trying to like reverse psychology this thing. And and I'll take I'll take a hit on this one if we if we get a RDJ. I you know, know, back for a curtain call, gladly. I know. I think they're going to go with the Tom Cruise shocker. Oh, gonna, I just saw number eight. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> now we get to the Uncle Todd special. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, right directly for him, Mephisto finally debuts in this film. Well, you know, that person over there could have been Mephisto. So you can't say that technically he wasn't in the movie because he could have been in the movie. That toaster over there it could be Mephisto. That tick, oh, my gosh. That tick crawling across the window. That yeah, could it could have been Mephisto. I mean, actually, well, if it, a tick actually does sound like the perfect form for, for Mephisto, really. Indeed. Ticks are the, like the most horrible creation ever on the planet. Oh, my gosh. Indeed. They're just wrong. Oh, I take mosquitoes over ticks any day. Anyways, uh, no, no, we shan't be seeing Mephisto. Ah. Uh, 
That is a big old jabroni with a capital J. All right. I will join you in in the disappointing guess of jabroni. Wow, you're really going for bear in these next couple here. Oh my gosh, I hadn't gotten down to this this far in the outline. All right, number nine. Now, now it gets real, ladies and gentlemen. Mutants will officially debut in the MCU. This one's interesting because it. I mean, if we really and truly are, and again, it's been like a TV series and at least two movies when we've been threatened, we've been knocking on the door of the multiverse. But if we're really getting into it here, wouldn't this kind of make sense where you where this comes out? I mean, especially when you well, actually, yes. Okay. This is the real because we already know Professor X is in it, and Professor X is a mutant. So yes, this is the debut ah, of mutants. Well done, sir. I in the I MCU. Had not, I had not considered that. Oh my gosh, if I hadn't if I hadn't seen if I hadn't managed to pick up on that and we were doing this later, I would have oh I would have kicked myself off the show. He would have, ladies and gentlemen. All I would right, have too. You would have been stuck with Patrick after this. Well done, sir. Well, yeah, that that'd be a whole journey unto itself. Uh, <laughs> all right, number ten, Fantastic Four will officially debut in the MCU. No, no, Jabroni. No, you're not gonna you're not gonna drop dime on on. Well, so I have to ask if if. What is his name? Reed Richards or Richards Reed, whatever. Reed uh, Richards, yes. If he does appear, that just so we, we get ahead of the the, the litigation uh, that will happen, uh, that does not count as Fantastic Four, or does it? Well, it's a little bit different because, I mean, mutants being like individual mutants, I mean, one mutant de- debuts, you have mutants now in the MCU, but having one of of a group that is defined by its number in its very name. Fantastic Four. If you don't get all four of them in, uh, I, I don't think that truly counts. All right. That's I just, just want to make sure because you've, you've been known to be a little sly with these sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and you say, oh, Reed Richards was there. He's one of the Fantastic Four, therefore Fantastic Four. Okay, well, let's let's put it this way. If we get three out of the fantastic four it counts because then we are over the we're over the hump statistically speaking right, I'm uh, but anything ra- anything before that is a is a non-issue i'm putting this in writing ladies and gentlemen so there is no <laughs> litigation when we when we review these i i don't want to get into debate I, i've written it what down. he forgets is that i can edit these documents as well yeah well i can see when you edit them so let me tell you mr I'll well yeah but it's eye on this we'll lock this down okay All right. That ends the section that I called in or out. Uh, we we have we have uh, exhausted the uh, the rumors when it comes to those who will be in the movie versus not. I mean, there, as there's well, a myriad. As well as exhausting the patience of our listeners. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> all right. This next one is really about. Uh, I, I called it. What's it all about? It's really. What is this story going to be? Because how, how can we? How can we didn't go with a? Oh, what's that? What's that Keenan sketch that you love so much? What up with that? Oh, how did you not call it that? Hold on. (laughs) What's up with that? What's up with that? All right, here we go. That's a theme song from it. All right. So number 11, the film starts directly after the end of Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, 
it would it would seem to make the most sense because he really did just finish mucking up with the the multiverse there. Right. Um, let's. I mean, I mean, the question I have is like in the trailer, Wong is you know there there's lines where Strange is talking about like I had to do this and Wong is kind of chastising him for doing this. So I can only yeah. assume the this is what he did in No Way Home. I I would as well. I'm going to go with real on this. Because we've had enough time jumps. I I if it's if it's not immediately, it's going to be close enough that it's yeah. it's immediate enough. It's it not going to be like, like 3 spell, years later. Yeah, it, it feels like the spell he threw which which was meant to prevent you know the 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 collapse of their reality. It seems like that's the logical starting point for all of this, right? I mean, if it's about the multiverse, like, the, if it's not that, then there's some other independent event that happens that kind of kicks everything off. But it feels like this is a very natural kind of start to it. Yes. So, all right, number 12. What's up with that? Well, so you're you you were saying real as well. Oh, right? I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm saying real as well. Like in my mind, yeah. it, it's just the logical way to start it off. But totally, totally I, agree with I, you. I, I could be proven wrong. Uh, number twelve. Uh, Wanda brings back her sons through multiversal shenanigans. Now, are we talking about uh, Wanda Scarlet Witch or Wanda the Wicked Warden? I'm just trying to make sure I have these. <laughs> Ah, well played, sir. Well played. I just want to make sure I have these clear in my mind. Man, I'm the one that usually fires that that pistol and, and well, you beat me to it. <laughs> exactly. You know, I just figured I'd undercut that one right away. Um, uh, we were talking Wanda the Scarlet Witch, sir. Okay, good. Good to know. Um, I'm going to go. Man, this is a tough one. I'm going to go real. With the with the idea that bringing them back, even if it's like a failed attempt, it still kind of counts. You know what I mean? Like it's not well, they didn't fully come back. Like it's right. that's that is one of her goals. I'm going to put it that way. Well, and and let's be clear because I don't want to litigate this. Like I said uh, on a technicality, but uh, I, and I'm going to say real as well because I feel like that that was kind of a key point at the end of Wandavision was mm. the, her her connection to her sons and hearing them in some way shape or form when she was you know kind of in that after credit scene yeah. um but i want to be clear that this is the sons are coming back in new footage this is not like like there are scenes in the trailer that call back or harken back to wandavision yes yeah no totally I, and i want yeah, to be clear that it's agreed. not a retread of something we've already seen this is she literally brings her sons from another universe to her reality wherever that is and yes that is uh what this is meant to be yeah like kingpin trying to get his family back from another dimension in um the into the spider-verse into the, yeah. yeah exactly exactly all right uh number 13 uh this is an interesting one the young avengers form during the film um, it's, it, I'm going to go jabroni on this one. We're getting the first, uh, the first piece, if not pieces, but I think it's a little bit much to say that you're going to have an entire team form during this movie. So no, flow um, flow? uh, Florence no, Pugh? no, 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 flow flow. Okay. Well, I mean, she might, but I mean, the thing is like young Avengers would be, uh, so there's America, Oh, America Chavez. Is that her name? Yes. Yes. We already know she's in it because yeah. we've, se we, we've seen her in the trailer. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, I guess Flofo would also would count. I mean, so you could easily somehow have her incorporated. I don't necessarily. And then, of course, you have Miss Marvel. Um, right. And then there's a couple of others that I, I cannot remember at this point. I think it would be tough to get all of them incorporated. I think this is the beginning of when we start seeing those seeds planted, because then you also have the Marvels coming up yeah. and you have the Miss Marvel uh, show on the Plus coming up plenty of room and time to get that team uh coming together so i think this is just the beginning of it i don't think the the team will actually form properly in this in this movie all right and you're also going jabroni on that one i'm gonna go jabroni on that one too i mean it it feels like one of the outcomes of the movie could be the formation of an, an entity like that to you know either maintain order or um well, yeah, I guess maintain order across the multiverse. However, we know so little about where this is all going. It it feels like a stretch. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I agree with you that the seeds could start being planted for something like this, uh, but not actually fully realizing in this movie. Mm. All right, number 14. Uh, we oh, So I started speaking about this one back when we talked about Sylvie and Loki. Um, we see some of the immediate events after Sylvie kills He Who Remains post-Loki season finale. Uh, this is one I uh, kind of took from a Collider theory, but also put my own spin on it because um, it didn't call this out specifically, but because we're dealing with the multiverse, I'm kind of wondering, are we going to go back to that event which in theory triggers the multiverse to to become what it is and do we see some events that happen after that i think uh i'm gonna go real because i think it would again i'm i I think that it's time to kind of go back and 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 uh call in some of those bets if you will call in some of those debts from from loki um some favors michael and i think that uh I think the great thing is like it's interesting because we have seen the uh, the last two, mm-hmm. you know, the last couple movies. And, you know, this is the beauty of, of the MCU and the way that they've they plan things out. And, and all these movies work together and TV shows work together is if they already know kind of what's going to happen or like we want to get some stuff for mm-hmm. this future thing. And like uh, several several of the actors have said like sometimes they're shooting stuff and they don't know what it's for. Right. Like they don't actually, they, they'll say here's this scene and they aren't exactly sure where it's going to go. And in some cases, some of those scenes have been, have actually shifted from movie to movie. Um, you have, you can, you have uh, Sylvie and Loki on set, like, boom, Hey, let's just shoot this, these couple things and boom. And now you can just drop it in there in the same way that it could be really interesting with uh, depending on, just how much cooperation there is between Marvel and Sony. If yeah. we get some Andrew Garfield and um, Tobey Maguire footage of them back in their OG universes um, in this movie. Ah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Yeah. the interesting thing is, it, uh, isn't Sam Raimi directing this, this flick? Uh, that's a good question. Let me look it up real quick. I'm pretty sure he is, and he was the he directed all. I believe he directed all three of the oh, the original Star uh, Star Trek. Oh my gosh, got Picard in the brain. Uh, the original McGuire Spider Man movies. Yeah, Sam Raimi is the director. Yep. 
So, I mean, there's a little bit of, you know, there's, I mean, not, not that because he did that, all of a sudden Toby's going to be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I mean, he'd probably do it because he's under contract and, you know, we need this thing for this thing. And um, so I don't know. I mean, I think it could be very interesting that you get some of those and it would make a lot of sense because it would tie some of these things together, even if it's just brief footage, like yeah. a minute and a half worth of footage. It, it, it really kind of cinches those things together. So, yeah, I'll go real on that. Why not? All right. Very nice. Uh, I'm going to go real as well. Like I said before, I I think the most real—I shouldn't say the most realistic—but but the 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 probability is I feel greater for a Sylvie Loki appearance and intertwine into this movie than anything else, um, be, because of the fact that it is the impetus that kicked off the entire concept of the multiverse. So. Uh, so it feels True. like that would be it. And it feels like there should be some fallout or, you know, events that follow from it that at least show us where Sylvie is or where, you know, like at the end of Loki's uh, season finale, we, you know, we did see Loki in, in an alternate reality of, uh, of, of the TVA. And so uh, I'm just wondering if now we see Sylvie's perspective of that. Um, that would be kind of interesting. So very true. Yep. I'm going to go real on that as well. All right, number 15. Uh, so this was an interesting one from Collider. Um, but I'm, and, and I'll go first because you've been going first on all these. Uh, this one is the Celestial Arishem. So this is one of the Celestials from the Eternals. Uh, uses the multiversal shenanigans as the third strike for passing judgment on Earth. So if you remember at the end of the Eternals, there was a judgment that was going to be handed down uh from the celestials on earth and he ended up taking some of uh the eternals with him um so the so where are these three strikes well according to this theory the first being um the mightiest heroes uh as it says in the collider article here using the infinity stones like an on-off switch to alter the destiny of billions so of course the snap and then the snap to reverse the snap uh, then the second strike is the Eternals uh, thwarting the emergence, leaving a celestial enclosed in marble in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And the third strike being Doctor Strange's spell from Spider-Man No Way Home. And so does this accelerate or basically uh, be the motivator for uh, uh, for Arishim? Is that, do I have his name right? Uh, yeah, yeah, something Arishim, like that, yeah. Uh, to uh, pass judgment. Um I don't think this happens here. I think this happens in maybe a different film, but I just don't see that being a factor in a Doctor Strange movie. But uh, so I'm going to go jabroni on this one myself. But what is your thoughts, sir? I'm going to go jabroni as well, um, because I believe again, uh, kicking back to emergency. Awesome. I believe that we got a glimpse or there has been some hint of of that celestial being the celestials being part of thor uh love and thunder ah gotcha and it would be it'd be i don't know it seems very it would seem to me that a, a celestial attacking the planet would be much more of an avengers level or you know a much larger event than dr strange and scarlet witch even if they were to team up you know yeah. that sort of thing um yeah, it kind of seems like a, a bit much and a bit soon after, you know, the big red dude just appeared in the sky um, yeah. over Earth. Seems way too tangential to the film, given everything else that's gonna, that, that we 
have seen in the trailer that could be going on. Yeah, it's it's a very much a a a this earth this dimension sort of thing, and this movie seems to be heading in a lot of different directions. Yep, agreed. So we will both go jabroni on this one. Yeah, sure. All right, number sixteen. Uh, we get in some good stuff. Uh, the Illuminati formed after the events of the Loki season finale. So the idea being that after Sylvie kills uh, he who remains. The multiverse begins and the Illuminati are formed after this. So uh, as we've seen in the trailer, we we hear Captain Picard's voice, Patrick Stewart. Uh, we should tell him the truth or whatever it is, he says. Um, so one of those things being that the Illuminati formed um, after the events of that season finale. What say you, sir? Uh, I'm going to go jabroni. I think it happens sooner because as we've found out, you know, uh, he who remained was aware of the multiverse and was able to move across the multiverse before um, things all cracked up. Yeah. So it's been around for a while. And the whole, the whole deal with the Illuminati is that this is like some really freaking smart dudes, which is why you have the Reed Richards, you have professor X, you have Tony Stark. Like it is just, it is essentially like the smartest cats, you know, on each earth. And I'm, I believe I know Black Bolt wasn't there, but wasn't Black Panther also one of the Illuminati at one point? Uh, yeah, when I was looking at theories, there there was a few different lineups, and, and number seventeen is kind of a stab at one of them. But yeah, 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 because it is it yeah, like you like you said, it it does it it is varied in different comics and stuff. But yeah, um, it, no, I think it I think it happens sooner. All right, all right, I'm gonna go Jabroni on it as well. As much as I want to see a little bit of of Loki kind of bleed into this, I I don't. I, I think that's a bit too much. Um, and as we find out in a little bit here, the Illuminati may be in place for another reason. So we'll get to that. Mm. In a moment. Uh, number 17, uh, again, an Illuminati focused uh, theory. Uh, the Illuminati. Uh, okay. So this is the lineup. So what say you say uh, yes. this one? The Illuminati will include Professor X, Tony Stark, Reed Richards, Black Bolt, King of the Inhumans, for those who forget, and... So the the implication here is by the end of the movie, Doctor Strange. Um, hmm. So this may not be the lineup we see when we're first introduced to them, but maybe this is the lineup that exists as the movie comes to a close. Hmm. Um. Because hmm. apparently in the comics, Doctor Strange was one of the members. You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the real on this one because I was thinking about it. As well, it, it's kind of tough to introduce. You know, I was like, oh well, you're gonna. That means you have to introduce Black Bolt. I'm like, well, it also means that. I mean, we know that you're gonna introduce Professor X, which even though people know who that right. is, it's still gonna take a little bit of an intro. And I can't imagine you're not gonna have some version of Reed Richards in there because, again, yeah, Reed Richards, you know, one of the smarter cats in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, so you, you kind of, I think that you would have to have him as well. So, I mean, if they're going to introduce these characters, I mean, I'm sure they can, they can catch people up on and be enough. You know, yeah. they've done it pretty well before. I think it's kind of a cool nod to have Black Bolt. Cause I know the Inhumans series wasn't uh, one of Marvel's, you know, most accepted and, uh, and of mm. course isn't, you know, going on right now. So um, I think it'd be kind of cool to bring that actor back playing that role. And make him. I don't like, even. I don't even remember that show. 
I mean, it only went like one season. It was some weird like ABC online version. Like it wasn't actually aired on ABC like proper. It was it was this like I don't know if it was ABC's like dipping their toe into the streaming world. Was it um, was it on like Netflix? Was it one of those? No, I think it was on ABC's. I think it was one of the. Um, I think at the time it was one of the promoted. I, I don't want to call it a pillar because it it you know it it crapped out pretty quickly. But I think it was something they were heavily marketing for their streaming service to to draw huh. people to it. Um, okay. Not not like the plus, but like ABC Online or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like what you know. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. I just because uh, I know that all the Marvel shows moved to Netflix for a while, and Netflix was producing. Uh, I think, I think they produced the second. Well, they produced Punisher because there ain't no way. I don't think that one was on regular TV. Right. That is a, that is a, a character. I I hope and pray that they get back into the MCU. And I I can't remember the actor's name, but he was phenomenal. As well, if, if you're thinking of the one that I'm thinking of, he was from The Walking Dead. I can't think of his name though. Shoot, he was in The Walking Dead too. The, the uh, hold on, the Punisher because he was in a he was in Fury, and then he was also John in... Bernthal. Yes, yeah, he was in The Walking Dead. He played uh, Rick Grimes' best friend who shacked up with Rick Grimes' wife when uh, Rick Grimes was believed to be dead. Wow. But I mean, he was he was so good as Frank Castle. He was. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was top notch. Just played that character so well, and was everything that you uh, to me was everything I could. And I, I wasn't a, an avid follower of the Punisher, but I mean, oh my gosh, was just such a badass character. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I hope they find a way to get him in and get you know the the character, but also get you know that char- that actor back in playing him because I I can't imagine who else you would get. And it'll pull it off better. Um, where were we again? So we are both <laughs> we are both uh, in the bag for the Illuminati uh, yes. lineup being Professor X, Tony Stark, Reed Richards, Black Bolt, and Doctor Strange. Yes, All right. agreed. Number eighteen. Uh, this is a uh, the man they call Tim special right here because you know man they call you just Tim. love to kill off love interest man oh my gosh it's the drama baby it's the drama christine Jeez. strange's love interest from the first movie is sacrificed due to multiversal shenanigans um man it's so easy to say yes because you know it's it's it is it's just a it, it, in in wrestling terms, it's cheap heat. You know, it, it's like coming in. Is it X Pac heat? It's <laughs> um no, it's definitely not go away heat either. But it's right, it's like right. it's like coming into the ring and running down the local sports team. You know, yeah. like it's it's that sort of thing. It's it's easy. You know, it'll be there, and as long as you don't mess it up, it's it's drama in the bank. Um. I'm gonna go real. I, I really, I th- oh yeah. wow, jeez! You basically after saying everything to the opposite, you went. You saw that I put your brony. You probably you did what I just did, which is look up the list here. And there's too much balance on the sheet. You need some chaos, brother. I I actually wasn't even looking at that because I was like looking oh, off into is, the distance, trying balance. to trying to do the calculations and. It's one of those deals where I'm like, no, there's no way they would do it because of, you know, they didn't do it in this movie and they did it in this movie. And then I'm like, well, but again, it works. Could. Could be. 
I'm going to say jabroni just because every time I've said the real for this sort of thing, I've been wrong. So. Yeah. How? Uh, when's when's uh, what's her face uh, going to show up in uh, Spider-Man? What's her yeah, suspect? Uh, what What was the actress's name? Oh my gosh, you hung your entire thing on oh, that. Oh, um, oh my gosh. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, I can't remember her name either. Hold on. Kristen. The original. Dunst. Yes, Kirsten Dunst. The Kirsten Dunst effect. And now you're going you're going the opposite way. You're Costanzaing everything because of Kirsten Dunst. The Dunst effects. That's, that's what right. it's going to be. That's right. That's right. All right. This was an interesting theory. Uh, this is not from me. This is from one of the sources I quoted, Collider Inverse or ScreenRant.com. Uh, number 19, Wanda will destroy the Illuminati. I'm going to go jabroni. This was actually, uh, I don't remember if this was from the comics per se, but I thought it was something like that. I'm going to go jabroni as well. I don't buy it. I mean, I think there's probably there's probably a member of the Illuminati who ain't going to make it out of here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I would probably say it's pro- it might be Patrick Stewart. Oh, that's that would make sense. You know, I mean, because he's I, pushing it, ninety, ladies and gentlemen. So. <laughs> How are you? How are you going to lure Sir Patrick back after he had like you know he's he's talked about how he really feels that the character was was uh you know his his end in the in the in Logan was really mm. you know it had the gravity and it meant something and all this like well how do you how do you appeal to an actor with one great death scene how about a second one? <laughs> Actually, this will be his third one because in X Men Three he also died. That's right. Okay, so three death scenes, Patrick. Come on, think come on. Of let's it. make it a trifecta, baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, Patrick Stewart. You, apparently, you can't kill off Picard. They just give him a brand new, you know, Captain they just Picard, give him a brand new body. Captain Picard lives forever. Charles Xavier dies not once. Not twice, but thrice, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, they already gave Picard an artificial heart, and then that wasn't enough. They had to give him a whole freaking, like, you know, like, vision body. The Gollum treatment. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, my gosh, that's funny. All right, number 20. Uh, this, again, was another uh, theory from the online Denzians of, of all that is uh, proper and, and normal, apparently, in comics. Some combination of Moon Knight, Hawkeye's protege, uh, whose name is escaping me, Black Widow's sister, Flo Flo, and the X-Men are drafted to help Strange battle the creatures that crossed universes. Real or jabroni, sir? I'm going to say jabroni. Uh, I'm going jabroni too. I think that you're going to see, you're going to see some heroes pulled in from other multiverses, but I don't see, um, I don't, I don't see Moon Knight popping up in this. Yeah. Um, but again, that's our, that's a surefire way that they're all going to be in it. So (laughs) what else? Well, we did pick the Bengals and the Bengals done lose. So (laughs) yeah. Yeesh. (laughs) Sorry, Cincinnati. (laughs) yeah they've got some chili they'll be fine they do they do okay number 21 uh yeah because i think we went jabroni on both of those okay number 21 strange seeks out wanda's help to magically interact with the book of vashanti so this is a theory from inverse.com that i found uh where the book of vashanti is in a way magic macguffin if you will um, that is utilized uh, by Strange in the comics. Uh, it's a very powerful, apparently, uh, spell book, um, strong enough to deflect any magic that's cast at it. 
but it also uh, contains important information about the creation and development of the Marvel Universe. Its uh, contents were dictated to humans by the Vashanti themselves, who are three godlike entities dedicated to defending Earth. So in the comics, Strange apparently uses this at one point to of all things after reading all that determine if any members of the new Avengers are lying to him. That's a heck of a way to use a <laughs> what? Seriously. Oh. It's like a glorified lie detector. <laughs> <laughs> oh my wow. gosh. Um, the whole idea here is that if they incorporate the book of the Vashanti, then it's only usable by someone who can perform witchcraft, which would be Wanda. Um, mm-hmm. because of her ability to wield chaos magic. However, as the article points out, Strange seems to be shown wielding chaos magic himself in the trailer when you see him waving his hands around and a bunch of red stuff flies around. So uh, that's kind of the idea behind the theory, is that he essentially drafts Wanda to be his proxy to wield a book of massive power uh, for some Lord knows what kind of purpose. Sure, what, why not? What say you? I, I'm going to go jabroni on this one. It just seems <laughs> I'll, too far out. I'll go real. Why not? You just want the chaos, man. Yep. Yeah, man of chaos. All right. All right, this next one's interesting. And and it kind of goes back mm-hmm. to a couple of, that we've talked about already. So number 22, the film incorporates the House of M storyline. So for those who are, for the uninitiated, Professor X reveals, so this is the theory, Professor X reveals, and this is the point in the trailer where he says, let's tell him the the whole thing or the truth or whatever, reveals that everything we've seen up to this point in the MCU is not the main story, but instead a pocket dimension created when mutants were removed from the world. This is from Inverse.com. Hmm. So I have heard this before, long before we saw the trailers, that there was a an outside chance that the House of M storyline would be incorporated. I didn't know what that meant, mm-hmm. but apparently this is what it means is that there is a set. And we've seen this in the What If series, this idea of creating a pocket dimension. Uh, I forget the name of the episode, but it's the one where uh, not Black Panther, but his his stepbrother or his cousin. um Killmonger yeah. uh, gets into kind of a deadlock battle with uh, basically um, what was the science guy from uh, Captain America uh, who worked with Red Skull? Um, can't think of his name, but oh yeah, yeah, he he takes over like Vision's body where his face is in Vision's belly. It's really stupid, but anyways, mm-hmm. they end up in a deadlock fight, and then Strange locks them into this like pocket dimension where they're they're just in this you know, perpetual like deadlock for all eternity. So we've seen the idea of a pocket dimension in Marvel. And so it's kind of interesting to consider that maybe everything we've seen up to this point has been this sort of sequestered universe where mutants didn't exist. And this movie is kind of the, you know, goes back to the, you know, will we see mutants in the movie and this sort of thing that now we see reality is there have been mutants and they've been there all, all along, but professor X for one reason or another, you know, they, they've been taken out for some reason. So that's kind of the thought behind it. What say you, sir? Here's the thing. I, I think it's a fan. <laughs> I think it's a fantastic story and it would be, 
it would be utterly mind blowing. Mm-hmm. However, you know, for comics, yeah, this is great. You know, because you've got you've got a new comic coming every I forget how often comics come out now. I just don't remember. But you knew you got a new episode, you got a new issue coming out, and and things change constantly and all that. But here, I mean, I, I I'm I'm really because I, I I love the idea. I love the idea of basically like this whole thing that you've been watching is essentially like the B storyline, right, right, and. Or, or you've been watching like an alternate version of what's really going on. Like this has not, this isn't actually the the main Earth. Like this is not the what I think it was six one six or Earth six one six is the is the Marvel universe. Like you're on Earth seven twenty three or whatever. Correct. Um, and this is the real universe. I the only thing I have with that is then how do you reconcile? everything and you just reset everything that you've seen now like everything now is like okay now whenever you see characters they're all different because now we're talking about a different a different version of earth we've shifted completely or do we just continue with this one and then i I, i'm trying to figure out how that would work um so as much as i love it to me it's one of those things it's like it's really geek and and really awesome and and mind-blowing but it's a little too cute i don't see it playing out in a way that that would reconcile with everything in a way that would make sense. So I'm going to have to go jabroni. All right. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go the real on this one. Wow. And I'm the agent of chaos. Okay. I'm going to go there. I have been withholding. I have been very consistent jabroni pretty much down, down the board here. If I, if I go, well, no, there was a real there. Never mind. Anyways. Uh, (laughs) Needless to say, I have no point. Um, but I, I will go the real on this one. Your uh, words, not mine, sir. Yeah, Your well, I'm, I, in the same way that you did, you know, you got ahead of Wanda the Wicked Wardrobe there, or Wicked Warden. There we go. <laughs> so, Wanda the Wicked Wardrobe. It's a crossover. It's the sequel the, <laughs> with the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's the, it's the Narnia sequel that we never saw. Oh, that you never knew you really wanted. All and right. You, actually, you probably didn't. Ah, oh, good lord. But yeah, I'm going to go the real on this one. I, I think this, uh, th- this House of M storyline sounds very interesting and intriguing. All so. right. Well, we shall see in a, in less than 48 hours. We shall. Uh, number 23, the multiverse is caused by Dr. Strange casting spells from a book of dark magic called the dark hold. Uh, this is from ScreenRant.com. Uh, I, I will go first cause you have, you have been doing, uh, the honors on all of these and it's not fair to you, but I'm going to go with the jabroni on this one. Uh, the prevailing theory on this, uh, is just that, uh, the dark hold is, you know, again, kind of like the Book of Ashanti, this this very powerful spell book, and uh, Doctor Strange chooses to cast some spells out of it, um, and and it's what leads to a lot of the chaos that we see, kind of in the trailer. However, um, I just don't think that's that's going to factor into it. I mean, we we've already seen him cast a spell in in you know, Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, to prevent whatever was going on there from destabilizing reality, and so I think that will end up being the the motivator for for what you know happens next. And uh, and so I'm I'm just kind of going through the article here, but um, let's see. Uh, Strange will go to Scarlet Witch for help in dealing with the threat of the multiverse. 
Uh, it's unclear why, but not least why he believes she knows secrets of the land. It's not, but it seems she will give him the dark hold. Uh, so the idea is that she would give him the dark holds, like she has it. Actually, I'm trying to remember from WandaVision, does she end up with that book, the dark hold? Like, is that what she's reading in the post credit scene when she's like the astral projection of her is kind of reading through it? You know, I don't remember. She's, she is reading through a book. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, do so you want to look it up it, or do you want me to plausible. look it up? It is plausible. What book is Wanda? Uh, let's see. What else? Um, reading at the end of WandaVision. Thank goodness for autocomplete because yep. I've only got one hand here. That is the Book of the Damned. Oh, okay. So it isn't the Darkhold. Okay. Well, that's the prevailing theory that that she would give him the book and then he would use the book to deal with some of the multiversal creatures that are crossing universes and that kind of thing. Um, mm, yeah. That's what, of course, me and Dr. Strange is not the true. Yeah. <coughs> oh, my gosh. <coughs> you all right? Once again, choking on my own spit, ladies and gentlemen. It was oh, always going to happen this way. Lord. I'm going to go deep on this. This just, just feels too cute uh, to, yeah. to coin Uncle Todd's phrase. I agree. Jabroni. Jabroni it is. All right. I had to come up with You know what? Actually, I, I need to come up with a little jingle to go along with this. I'm going to go along to the uh, the Nax My Sharona. My Jabrona. All right. Oh, give me an oh good lord. You're the one who's foicing this Star Wars trivia nonsense on me episode after episode. Let me have I, a little fun. I'm would sorry. You? I'm sorry, sir. You you asked for it. You you said I, man, they I called him. Why, you really need to get your medication checked, sir. Like I, I mean, you're starting to hallucinate. I mean, more than usual. <laughs> I mean, it's no longer just you running in your drawers through the, the neighbor's sprinkler now. Right. I mean, now we got some serious stuff. All right. I mean, when you're when you're running through it going, I'm Tinkerbell, I'm Tinkerbell. <laughs> That's fine, because quite honestly, you live far enough away. It's not my problem. <laughs> I do. I do feel that the wings were a bit much. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, From the video uh, that I've seen. I have tweaked the outfit, so. All right. Uh, number 24. Oh, uh, Strange ends the film as the Sorcerer Supreme after resolving the story's main conflict. So uh, the the impetus behind this one is um, back in, I'm trying to think what, wh wh when did we last see Strange? Shoot. Or Wong? Probably Shang-Chi. Far from home. No, far from home. And that's when we found out that Wong got it on, on seniority because we find out that Strange blipped. Oh, correct. He yeah, correct. So Wong is right now Sorcerer Supreme. So the theory is because of what Strange does in this film, that he then earns the mantle uh, as, you know, I don't know, payback or recompense for uh, all he had to suffer through. Oh, real? Why not? Because, I mean, we know that he is going to be Sorcerer Supreme at some point. So why not? Why not now? All right, that ends the section, uh, what's up with that? Uh, this final section, the last five, is really around, because as, as I got to thinking about it, um, is really unclear who the antagonist in all of this is. Mm. You know, the, the trailer really doesn't point to a villain or a bad guy. It is a, basically a situation that Strange is dealing with and trying to get his 
his mind or his hands around to, to control to some degree. So yes. uh, I call this one when the man comes around, good old Johnny Cash. Mm. Uh, so who is the main antagonist? Number 25, Wanda, who has been hinted at a little bit in the trailer, is the main antagonist. Real or Jabroni? Man, um, just looking through these because I'm trying to plan this out because I don't want to uh, contradict myself more than I normally do, which is quite enough for any one human being. Um, well, you didn't have to grease quite so quickly. I mean, jeez. <laughs> At least pause for a freaking breath. Um, uh, you know what? I've, I've heard that Wanda was going to be the big bad repeatedly when this movie was first announced and coming out of WandaVision. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go real. All right. I'm going to go the real as well. I, I agree. I think she is going to be uh, the main antagonist. So are we uh, just going to now jabroni the rest of these? or? Oh, I don't know. It depends. You know, you may have a couple picks you want to throw in there. Uh, number 26, Mordo, who was... Uh, a fellow uh, sorcerer from the first film, but uh, one who was very rigid in his feelings on uh, manipulating reality and, and using magic in uh, our reality uh, is the main antagonist. We have seen him uh, in prison, Strange. Uh, I think we're, we're led to believe he's the one that handcuffs him and brings him before the Illuminati. We uh, saw him is- suck the magic out of that poor dude who's... In the, at the end of Doctor Strange. Indeed. He, he is the one who introduces him to the Illuminati. So is Mordo the main antagonist? Uh, Jabroni. No, he's not. All right. I think eventually there there is a case to be made of him becoming a more of a... Because I, I believe in the comics he is a he is a, a part of Strange's rogues gallery. Yes. If I'm remembering correctly. But uh, I don't think in this one. All right, number 27, Gore the God Butcher. Again, Christian Bale's rumored character uh, is the main antagonist. Real or Jabroni? I'm going to go Jabroni. I think he's the main antagonist for Guardians. Okay. I'm going to go Jabroni as well. Uh, Here's an interesting one. Doctor Strange is the inadvertent main antagonist. So is he the one who causes the chaos that he is then having to somehow repair? See, this is an interesting one because this this is uh this goes into like you know is Tony Stark really the inadvertent antagonist of the entire Infinity Stone? Well, <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, the suit of armor around the world, yeah, it didn't work out quite so well, did it, uh, Anthony? So, because um, I mean, technically, I mean, like you said, there could be more than one and, and strange definitely seems like he is uh, making his own bed and is uh, going to be made to lie in it, if Indeed. you will. But I mean, it does say main antagonist and main would imply one. So I'm going to go jabroni. All right. I'm going to go the real here. So you're just going to completely defy the rules of the English language. Look, sir. I could be wrong on number 25, in which case I would be right on number 28. So it all evens out. Oh, so I could just say real on all of these then. Well, you could say jabroni for all of them too. Well, if, the, if you're going to do that, then you know what? I'm going to change my answer right now. I'm going to uh, go back can't. to... According to I'm, the laws of uh, free-range idiocy, once a... What in the high this, holy hell are you talking about with this? <laughs> <laughs> Rules? <laughs> rules there are no rules <laughs> play 
Playoffs? <laughs> playoffs? Uh, nothing um, has anything to do with it, but Doc Brown, roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. No, set me down for uh, for real on that. If you're going to play that game, I'm going to play it right with you. Oh, so look at you. So yep. you want to go real all of a sudden on this. Yep. All right. All right. You, Damn just, Skippy, I do. He, he's afraid, ladies and gentlemen. I see the fear no. in his eyes. He's afraid I'm right. No, you don't see anything. We're not on video. <laughs> they don't know that. <laughs> and judging by you talking about altering your Tinkerbell outfit, I'm glad we're not on video. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. The creatures of the multiversal crossover are the main antagonists that Strange and company must contain. Real Jabroni. You first. Uh, I'm going to go Jabroni on this. I'll go Jabroni as well. All right. Well, there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. We have now, according to Free Range EDC rules, have completed, and they are now sealed forever to be uh, in this state, the... Real yes, or they're hermetically selections. sealed in an old mayonnaise jar on the man they call Tim's <laughs> front porch. <laughs> Only to be unsealed and sniffed, licked, <laughs> chewed on and digested and then oh, regurgitated good good in, a, in a week or two's time, at which time we will, uh, we will then tabulate our results. Indeed. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just skimming through this. Man, we went the same on a lot of these. So there, there's a couple we were different on, and uh, it'll be interesting gonna to come see down if to those. those are the difference makers. We will see. I don't know if there'll be anything quite as quotable as the dunst effect, but, you know, we, <laughs> you never know. Well said, sir. Well said. And as always, a, a bottle of, uh, of bourbon, of, a bottle of reasonably priced bourbon is on the line here. Yeah, no, Until no, we get pa- a sponsor. No- no Pappy's 12 year. <laughs> no, no. Um, until we get a sponsor, this is going to, we're going to keep this on the uh, the middle shelf, uh, if not lower middle shelf. Good Lord. No upper shelf for this. Not at all. Well, uh, well done. Thank you, sir, for combing through the interwebs and finding all of these theories. It is always much appreciated. And we shall see who the, uh, who the better guesser is forthwith heretofore. Indeed, you suspect. Retainer. <laughs> Retainer. Retainer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, we're a sad lot, aren't we? And another thing. So what do you got for and another thing this week, sir? Well, um, myself and the missus uh, took in a, uh, as always, fabulously done uh, documentary by Ken Burns and company uh, Ah. on the life of Ben Franklin on PBS. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm selecting this because, um, so it it was basically a two part, uh, two hours each part, documentary on on his life uh, starting all the way from the beginning through to his death um very fascinating story um fascinating man uh for for his time 
And, you know, really, uh, when we, uh, you know, one of my other and another things was the Sam Adams, uh, or not Sam Adams, John Adams series from Sam Adams is what I consumed quite a bit of when I was in college, (laughs) but, uh, John Adams, who are you kidding? You didn't, you didn't consume nearly as much Sam Adams as you did Mickey's fine malt liquor because that Sam Adams was much more expensive. That is true. That is true. Uh, but when we watched the John Adams series, um, you know, one of the things I didn't realize, and I, and I don't know if, if I just was sleeping during this part of history class uh, when I was in high school, uh, but I never realized how integral uh, Franklin was in, you know, during the Revolutionary War in terms of, you know, France's involvement in getting France, you know, kind of mm. uh, to be our, uh, um, you know, alliance partner in, in this and, and their help in getting us supplies and, and all of that was, was in large part due to, you know, his work. And, and there's a fair amount of the documentary that's dedicated to that, you know, especially during the revolutionary times uh, and, and during the war. And so I um, I just really enjoyed the documentary. Ken Burns just, you know, if you've ever seen his documentaries, they, his company does a phenomenal job, uh, very thorough. Um, what I really liked and, you know, a couple of Easter eggs here, I, I, have, I haven't looked this up yet or not, but there was like one. Uh, one panning of, of a map uh, showing Franklin's journey up to Canada to request, you know, some some aid from them or, or an alliance from them in terms of the British. And um, for those who don't know, Ken Burns lives in Walpole, uh, New Hampshire. Uh, on the map, it shows uh, some of the settlements that, you know, you know so some of the towns that have been established. Walpole was one of them on the map. Um, they had, uh, you know, Mandy Patankin was the voice of Ben Franklin. Oh, wow. Um, what was really kind of cool was in the John Adams series, um, his name is escaping me. Um, what is his name? The actor who played John Adams. Oh, my gosh. Oh, um, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. So there comes a point where they talk about how, you know, when John Adams came out. And, and there are these parts in the documentary where they have the actors do the voices of the 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 you know the principles involved so Mandy mm. Patankin doing Ben Franklin well when it comes to John Adams guess whose voice is doing John Adams Paul Giamatti oh nice so it w- it was such a cool effect because and and Paul Giamatti was reading it as he did John Adams in the miniseries and it mm-hmm. was really just it was so cool to hear him do that and uh, and it was cool for us because we had just seen the miniseries so like it was still kind of fresh in our minds and it was. It was just really, really, uh, just just a, a a nice nod to what had been done before, and uh, and and just as kind of an aside, this isn't you know an another an official and another thing, but there was a how I built this uh, with Guy Raz that was done with Ken Burns uh, recently, uh, very well done and uh, very interesting to hear his story. So, uh, but but that was one of the things that he he brought out was just the fact that they they, they try to do those things to make it you know, creative and fun and interesting for the viewers. And so, uh, so having those little Easter eggs kind of nestled in there as you're watching it was, was just really, uh, you know, just, just a nice effect. So I'd highly recommend if you have an opportunity to see, uh, the PBS documentary, uh, done by Ken Burns and company, uh, Ben Franklin, uh, very fascinating, very interesting. You will not be disappointed. Very nice. And at four hours, that essentially qualifies as a short film for Ken Burns. Does it? Okay. Because, I mean, well, he's he did like the series on baseball that was like yeah. Uh, yeah. how many parts like all of his stuff is. I mean, and it, it, it is his his films are gorgeous and immaculately researched and 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 very well done. And um, and just the I storytelling that happens when they pan over these images. 
You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. all, all they're doing is panning over an image and yet he does so much in terms of that effect with the dialogue and with the mm-hmm. narration is is just incredible. Oh yeah, he's he's a master storyteller in in documentaries and with with limited resources because all of his most of his subjects are, are no longer living, of course. So yes. I mean, it, it, making do with that and and that's why I say like immaculately researched because you need you need that to find that drama and the, that information that's going to really hold you uh, through the research. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's an uh, amazing. Uh, I would on the same level as like uh, David McCullough as far as a writer, the the person who wrote the um, the John Adams, uh, bu- the book that the the miniseries was based on. Uh, I remember, I think it was for the Tim Ferriss podcast. He talked to Ken Burns and kind of started getting into some of the um, the way that he researched and how long he's invested in these process in these projects. And it is it is an undertaking for these. Mm. Um, so I've, I'm going to have to check that out. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. And uh, what is your end? Another thing, sir. Well, uh, I got a little bit behind on my reading for a while. I kind of got stalled on. I can't even remember what the book was. Now that's how that's how I I, I got through it, and I kind of was then like, okay, I got through that. Next, um, so this was a kind of a a bit of a turn off of um, fiction for me because I'd read a couple of novels, and I I wanted something a little, a little different. And I'm a I'm a big fan of biography. Um, and I got this for a Christmas present. Uh, it is Trejo by Danny Trejo and Donald Logue. So, uh, the, oh, biogra- you mean the man known as a rancor trainer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Machete himself. Um, one of the, one of the people that you would you would, uh, you would always think like, I don't want to meet him in a dark alley, but apparently one of the kindest, uh, warmest human beings that you can possibly encounter and nice. his story is amazing yeah um just to hear kind of i've heard bits and pieces of his story uh he was in pretty much every maximum security prison in the state of california at one time or another um and he was he was as he put it the mexican that you didn't want to f with yeah um and and just you you hear him tell his story and the fun part is if you if you're like me and you've watched enough Danny Trejo interviews and enough movies with Danny Trejo you hear the Danny Trejo voice as you're reading the book which is just awesome that's because cool. I could hear the inflection and just the way that he would say some of the oh man I I have to see if he's if he if he uh, if this is on. Uh, audiobook and if he reads it then i am probably going to purchase that just so i can listen to it and see if i how right i was in my interpretation nice. but it is a great story of him going through uh, a, a a rough upbringing would be kind of downplaying it and uh and a rough uh, uh, adulthood and then getting out of prison getting clean and really finding his mission in life, which is helping others. And as he is, he says several times in the book, every good thing that has happened in his life has happened as a direct result of him helping somebody else. Nice. And, and it's not like he, he then says, well, I got out of prison. I got off of drugs and alcohol. And then, then everything was great. And I was a great person. Like, no, he still is very open about the fact that, yeah, I was, able, I was doing all these great things to help other people. And I was a complete turd to, <laughs> to the women in my life. Um, you know, and I, I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. And I was selfish and I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And, you know, 
just very open about all that. And you get to you, you get, uh, you know, his personal life mixed with uh, his professional life, uh, how he got into movies and all that it is just a great read. And it's a quick read, too, because it's um, it just it just goes it goes through because me, I just got sucked into it. And I just wanted more and more and more and more. Uh, a fantastic story uh, and, a, and a great human being who, who really has done a lot with his life to help other people and, uh, and is inspiring to me. Uh, I, I read this book and I'm like, okay, what, what can I do to help more people than I do on a daily basis and a weekly basis and a yearly basis? Like how nice. can I take a bit of this and, and take this out into my corner of the world? Um, and if nothing else, if a few people read this and, and do that as I'm trying to do, maybe we can actually uh, start figuring this world out instead of just thrashing it into the ground. Yeah. Um, as it seems to be going that direction uh, every every month, um, but a great a great read, uh, really fantastic. Highly recommend it. Uh, go and get it, and uh, then go and watch all of Danny's movies, which will take you approximately the next year, because nice. he's been in I don't know how many movies at this point. First movie I saw lot. him in, Desperado. Oh, which is which to me is like that was kind of the gateway for me into yeah. uh, Danny Trejo. He was in Heat before that. Was he really? Yes. Wow. So he had he had guest starred. He he had starred beside Robert De Niro before he before he was battling El Mariachi. Wow. Yeah, I I completely did not have my my Danny Trejo history correct, which then makes it even greater when you think of. Uh, when Robert Rodriguez uh, wrote Machete, mm -hmm. Machete, and made Danny Trejo the star, and he's a good guy in the movie, and so it was a, it was like really his first starring role in a in a uh, in a in a movie, and he's walking out of his trailer one day, and Robert De Niro is walking out of his trailer, and Robert De Niro just just looks at him and holds up one finger, because he's like you're number one on the call sheet. Like you've like, you're never number one on the call sheet. Like he's always like one of the bad guys, like, you know, bad guy, number three or whatever. Right. And, and he's like, you're number, you're, you're top of the call sheet, dude. Wow. Like you are the man on this movie and, That's and to have De Niro be like excited to, to be like second or third billing in this like exploitation movie, <laughs> which I mean, not my term. That's Robert Rodriguez's term. Yeah. Yep. And to be and to but to but to do it joyfully for someone that he he seemed to genuinely really like and and to appreciate as an actor as well, which is is great. I, I cool. thought I read I read that part in the story. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. You know, that De Niro is. being like cheering him on. Like, how cool is that? You know, cool. um, to go from San Quentin to that. I mean, hey, that's that's a life right there. Props. <clears throat> Well, thank you so much for all the members of the Free Range Idiocy Congregation who have turned out and listened. We so appreciate you and your listenership. If you have not yet joined the Free Range Idiocy Congregation, well, first of all, well, there's the, <laughs> there's the cork coming out of the bottle. The man they call Tim is now officially off the clock, ladies and gentlemen. Real and jabroni is over. <laughs> it is bourbon o'clock in Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? I can't be mad because... Yeah, it's going to be the same here in Maine in a few minutes, so. 
You go right on with your bad self, sir. Uh, but if you have not yet joined the Free Range ADC congregation, what the hell's wrong with you? Go ahead and subscribe to our humble little podcast here on the interwebs, and that's how you become <laughs> part of the congregation. Uh, you can find us at freerangeadc.com. That will take you right to our Podbean page. You can subscribe there right to the Podbean app, and uh, you can find all our episodes, download them all, and listen to them all. And, uh, you know, that'll keep you busy for a little while and off the streets. Uh, what you do after that is, <laughs> that's your problem. Uh, if you have another podcast purveyor of your choice, like uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, any of those, go ahead and find us there. Search for us, Free Range Idiocy Congregation. Uh, Free Range Idiocy. Not Free Range Idiocy Congregation. Just leave the congregation part off. You know what I mean. And uh, you, you find us on there. If by any chance you do not find us, on the podcast purveyor of our cho- of your choice. First of all, man, that might be some Brand X stuff you're doing there. I don't know. We, mm-hmm. We're on most of them. But if, if we're not on there, go ahead and send a message to Tim at FreeRangeEDC.com, and he'll let me know, and we'll see about getting that hooked up for you. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, you can also send those to Tim at FreeRangeEDC.com, and he will get back to you PDQ forthwith, hence, and uh, also lets you, let you know that you suspect. Um <laughs> If you'd like to further yourself, <laughs> oh my gosh, I completely forgot about that part too. That is, I, I so want that spinoff in uh, now, like especially even like Ben Affleck older now, playing Chucky now, like and and what would be even better is if they if they get found like a similar suit and it's like he's like bulging at it like he's grown out of the suit but he's still wearing it. Oh, that'd be great. Anyways. Um, if you would like to further yourself in the congregation, you go ahead and find us on the Facebook, on the Twitter. We're on Instagram as well, at Free Range Idiocy on all three of those platforms. And uh, feel free to go ahead and follow us there and then like and share and do all that funny stuff that you do on social media. All the kids are loving it. We're not on TikTok because, quite honestly, we're just not that cool. Um, we're old. We're old, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I'm not even sure that either of us could figure out how to use the TikTok. We're, I think, I, I'm pretty sure... Tim huh? still has a Tim still has a MySpace page. He's the one. I'm a friend um, of Tom. Yeah. <laughs> They're the only two on the platform right now. And only one of them really exists. Anywho, um, right now I'm about ready to hand this over to the man they call Tim so he can take us home, but not before I ask the second most important question in all of humankind. The first, of course, being what is hip. The second being What the hell did we learn this episode? We've learned the following, my friend. Ah, uh, good. Uh, firstly, we have learned your suspect is going to be uh, an ongoing gimmick uh, for the first, for the foreseeable future on the show. Yes, because we love to beat something into the ground, don't we? <laughs> oh, we do. We do. <laughs> and how. And how. Uh, on that note, Fantastic Four is suspect. But Thor, Love and Thunder, and Moon Knight are not. We are looking forward to, to seeing how Moon Knight resolves and more so for Thor, Love and Thunder, and the story to be told. Uh, for the lightning god himself, you're gonna uh, lose your you're gonna lose your Marvel shill status if you keep on dismissing the Fantastic Four. I, well, I think, you know, it, it's gonna you're gonna be pleasantly surprised. All right, I, I will hold out a measure of hope for you. Uh, the man they call Tim. Uh, not that we discussed it, but I just figured I'd let everyone know. Well, stock your legal pads. So uh, moving forward, uh, any sort of content uh, you, you know is jotted down on the legal pad, and I have plenty of them. So. Not a problem there. You know, uh, I bet, you know I bet who else is, is a big fan of legal pads? I bet Uncle Corny has him <laughs> has legal pads strewn everywhere when he's doing a show. 
Because you know he's not the most tech-savvy of cats. I bet no. I bet he has legal pad after legal pad after legal pad. Or, or if anything, he's got a legal pad with, with the local dominoes on, on you know, number written Actually, down. you know what? He's got the dominoes box, just the top ripped off it, and that's what he has his notes written on. Or actually, no, because he, he said he's he's actually eating healthier now because his his goal in life, and this is on uh, several of his videos, is that he wants to outlive Vince Russo so that he can he can live long enough to piss on his grave. Like that's <laughs> oh, how much good that's Lord. how much that man hates Vince Russo. Oh. He's changed his dietary and lifestyle habits to make that his goal. That's 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 lovely. <laughs> you got to have something to live for, and I guess hey, why not? Oh, we've also learned that Uncle Todd is elated, celebrated, pontificated about the return of Star Wars Red 5 and is looking forward to that. Once again, you need to get your medication checked. I might have to call in a wellness visit for you. <laughs> uh, we've also learned that Uncle Todd, he, he wants some Croc Loki in Doctor Strange. So we, we, we will see if, if, if uh, Crocodile Loki shows up. Or Gator Loki. I'm, I'm not picky. I don't even know which one it is. It, it's one of the two. Right. And finally, Doctor Strange 2 Electric Boogaloo looks trippy and a crazy ride, so do check it out this weekend, and uh, we will see if Uncle Todd or the man they call Tim have correctly guessed where this crazy ride will take us. Mm-hmm. On that note, uh, mm-hmm. an early happy May the 4th be with you uh, tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. And uh, as we always like to close things out, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And because Chucky advises us to keep our ear to the grindstone, please hit the lights on. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? Damn! <laughs> you are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> Retainer. Retainer. <laughs> yes, suspect. Oh my God. Now get the hell out of here!